In the spirit of reconciliation, Siren Sport acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Siren Sport Podcast. I'm Kirby Fenwick. I'm a co-founder of Siren and I'm joined by two of my lovely fellow co-founders, Gemma. Hello. (laughs) You started waving there for a second. I'm like, you have to speak too. I always wave (laughs) when I say hello on podcasts now. And Casey. Hi there. I'm just going to wave as well (laughs) just to give a description to the listeners at home of my erratic waving at you all. We're all waving. Hello. That's so lovely. Um, how are we all going? How are you all feeling? Great. Good. I mean, I'm a bit tired, but great. <laughs> I feel like after your AFLW season, Gemma, that's probably going to be pretty apt. Yeah, I'm tired watching Gemma's outputs during the AFLW season. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it. Speaking of Gemma's output in the AFLW season, that's kind of what we wanted to chat about today. Um, for the listeners, um, Gemma has been doing a mountain of work. I'm sure if you're an AFLW fan, you will know that she has been doing commentary with the ABC. She's been writing a whole bunch of stuff for the AFLW, appearing on podcasts and, and all sorts of other things. She's the, um, woman about town for the AFLW. What did I call you earlier? Little Miss AFLW. I'm trademarking that right now. That's great. (laughs) But what's interesting is that um, in many ways, Gemma has kind of stepped back from Siren a little bit over the last few weeks to sort of pursue all those exciting opportunities. And we kind of wanted to talk a little bit today about the sort of how Siren works in that respect in that we um, have really created a space where the co-founders in Siren can step away and can pursue these amazing opportunities knowing that we will sort of come in behind them and and pick up the slack and, and make things still happen and work in the land of Siren. Yeah, I'm really keen to talk more about that, Kirby, and as well as exploring and asking Gemma all the questions about what she's been able to do and all the amazing <laughs> experiences she's been able to have while doing this awesome stuff. But I think from the outside with Siren, and this is why we started this podcast, we talked a lot about this last year in some episodes about the behind the scenes stuff is that maybe a lot of people don't really know that Gemma hasn't really done um, a whole lot behind the scenes for Siren during the AFLW season because she's producing a weekly column for Siren while doing that. So we're getting to see Gemma on our website producing the Roundup, which is the most comprehensive round-by-round analysis of the AFLW that we are so proud to publish exclusively at Siren. But Gemma usually does so much behind the scenes to produce a newsletter. She's doing a lot of admin. But I think that stuff, it's so valuable, but it's just that unseen labour. So like you said, Kirby, we've created this space where we all dip in and do that stuff when we can. And when we don't have the capacity to or we can't, we do take breaks and we do step away or we talk to each other about what we all want to do because Siren exists to support us as co-founders and achieve our dreams in the space. And I think Gemma set out at the start, I can't remember if it was like the first time I met you, Gemma, or maybe a couple of meetings after where I do remember a conversation where you were just like, I want to commentate AFLW. That's what I want to do. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could get you to that point? And look at where we are. You're calling games <laughs> on the ABC this season. It's so amazing. So, so we could talk a bit more about like that um, sort of background stuff, but maybe we should just talk to Gemma about like, what are you doing this season? Tell yes. us. Yes, <laughs> Gemma, tell us. What have you been up to this AFLW season? Um, well, in regards to Siren, I've been completely useless and I felt terrible. But um, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Even. Um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to be approached by Women's.AFL late last year about coming on part-time and help Sarah Black, who um, we all love uh, what she does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as the competition grows, her role was getting far too much to be asked of one single person. So um, I had the privilege of coming on board there. So um, for them, I do a bunch of stuff, but um, what I specifically do every week is the round preview, which I really love to do because it's, you know, more analytical. It's looking at the game, not as much new stuff, which we know that I prefer to write about the games and the stats. Um, They also have opened the door for me to have my own weekly column, which is an analysis and stats column. Um, So I've written about Brisbane and the way they like to play, Adelaide, um, some things about Collingwood that, yeah, a whole bunch of them once a week. Um, This week I'm writing about Melbourne, which obviously makes me really happy. Um, (laughs) And then I have, yeah, also been commentating with the ABC. So it's really funny, Casey, you mentioned that because I've always wanted to commentate, but I've never wanted to be a play-by-play commentator. Um, mm. And it's incredibly hard to be a special comments person if you haven't played the game or been in clubland in some capacity. Um, so the ABC took a massive, massive risk um, bringing me on this year. And they were pretty clear about that. Like it is a risk for us. Um, you're not an ex-player, you don't have that name, which I can totally respect and understand. Um, But they were still willing to open that door for me and let me prove myself, which is all I really needed. Was it just a chance to show that I could do the thing? Um, And initially I was scheduled for three games before the season began. And then two of those games got cancelled because of COVID changes to the fixture. I was like, well, I'm only going to be able to commentate one game. Um, but coming into the final round, I'll be doing my fifth game of the season. So um, I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, that, that-, deserves a, that deserves a clap. <laughs> that deserves a clap. <laughs> I, very I, clap there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it in that respect, but more like I really appreciate the ABC putting their money where their mouth is, I guess, or putting themselves on the line to give people like me that opportunity. We've also seen Lauren Borden do quite a bit as well and Lucy Watkin, who are both women who have been working really hard in the space for a long time. They've been doing things like me, putting their hand up for the extra work. So ABC programs and commentary, the making the call programs. Um, So they're rewarding those people that are doing the work um, with opportunities to progress their career, which has been really nice. And being able to do games with them has been really cool. I'm going to ask you a feelings question, Gemma. (laughs) I don't have feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Feelings, feelings. How how has it felt to sort of, I guess, in many ways be living out your dream? Yeah, I guess I was actually thinking about this last night. Um, I was terrified that I was going to finally get the opportunity to do the things that I've been wanting to do for so long and hate it. I would, I was terrified that I would hate it, but it's been the absolute opposite. Like it's been really fun. And the reality is like, I know FLW season is short. Um, it's not going to continue all year, but 
for the first three months of this year, I'm making almost my whole living writing and talking about footy, which is all I've ever wanted to do. Um, and I've been able to cut back on a lot of the other jobs that I used to have to do in between, um, which I will then still have to do later in the se- in the year because, again, AFLW season isn't the longest thing in the world. Um, but it's been nice to just live in that world constantly for 12 weeks, whatever it is. I still am teaching uni two, two days a week. Uh, two classes a week I should say it's six hours it's not that much Um, but like the other things that I'm getting to do that are that feel like they're reaping rewards are like doing prep for commentators and seeing the narrative around how we're talking about the game change this year and I think that's something I wanted to ask you guys is is that something that you have observed watching games more sporadically than maybe me who is just obsessed Way to turn it back around to something more analytical to get out of talking about your feelings, Gemma. Yeah. Yeah, I nearly fell for that too, Casey. Thank you for picking that up. I know what she's doing. But it's a good question. I mean, thank you for sharing a little bit about your feelings. Because I think, I mean, I'm super proud of you and I love that you're experiencing this. And I guess my hope is that, you know, through like the support that we've been able to give you a little bit at Syrah, the connections you've made, what you've been able to establish yourself by going through other programs and building your networks in that space that more and more opportunities will come up, hopefully in the men's season and through like your connections with clubs now. Like I think it's just the start of more and more amazing things. But to answer your question, that's non-feelings related. I think I really have noticed a difference in the commentary this year. And I think it's a mix of having just more diverse women involved just talking about the game and I don't think the commentary is like I don't know if like uniform is the right way right word um because I think some games like the commentary feels very different but I feel like it they all kind of feel better because I think you're hearing different voices and different women's voices bring something different each time and I'm really enjoying that. And I think sometimes like the different you know, broadcasters are a bit different too. And I think kind of dipping into some games, I know kind of the style I'm going to get. And it's almost like picking up, you know, a different like book each game and getting like a different story, but a, still a good story is how the metaphor I'm trying to go for. Yeah, no, that makes but sense. Because every game it plays out differently as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think I've noticed a big change from just that kind of like kind of cliched commentary or just out of context kind of stuff that, and it's not, um, I don't think it's the commentator's fault a lot of the time because the way they have to call games is sometimes under a lot of pressure and they don't have a lot of technology at their disposal or camera angles or intel. So I completely get that. But I think for the first few years, we were just relying so much on our own eyes if we were at the game and if you weren't there the broadcast was not the best so commentators just scrambling and just pulling for those from the from those cliches that we hear so much in the men's game and that was just a really not fun experience just to see that translate into the women's game but I think now it's gotten much more sophisticated and I do think you're a big part of that Gemma. Well I think it it, it's really evident um, those who have done their work before commentating a game and having obviously last year I did do some of that but not to the extent that I've done this year in terms of prepping for other commentators um, and being on hand for things that are happening during the game and I think that has really added and uh, not I'm not just talking about myself but like the commentator's willingness 
to have extra sets of eyes to rely on and people that they trust, I think is something that we're growing because in the men's game and in the men's broadcast, those people are paid for on staff and are paid for by the broadcaster to do those jobs. And so they are in the commentary box or they're in a, a truck outside that are feeding directly. Whereas in the women's game, if the commentators want that extra information, they have to go and source it themselves. And I've been privileged to be that person for a couple of different commentators. And um, I've really been enjoying it because it's also taught me how to be a better commentator myself in the process. I think also like just picking up on what, what you and Casey are both talking about. I think at the beginning of the AFLW, a lot of the commentary was very focused on storytelling as in, you know, let's tell you the story of this player because, whoa, she has an amazing story, just like every other one of these players who has, <laughs> like, you know, done incredible things. But I I sort of feel like the conversation is shifting a little bit more and, and the focus is less on the stories of the players off the field and mm. is shifting more into that sort of, like, analysis of, okay, what is happening here? Like, how is Adelaide managing to continue to be competitive? Like, what is Brisbane doing? Like what is happening at Melbourne? Like, you know, in, in these are conversations that are far deeper and require a lot more like engagement or a lot more work. And that's that work that you're talking about, Gemma, like that sort of analytical looking at the game, looking at the, like actually what's happening on the field as opposed to just, you know, another conversation about somebody's backstory. Not that I'm, you know, I'm not saying that I don't want to hear those conversations, but um, I think the balance was out a little bit and I feel like it's tipping a little bit more towards, you know, game, like talking about the games and what is happening on the field. And that's been a really nice positive thing. Although I have one comment, Gemma, about your um, commentary is just, is there some way that we can line up the ABC feed with the TV? Because <laughs> real hard to be doing that. Smiley comments. Um, <laughs> everyone at home, you should have seen Gemma's face as she was preparing for this really critical feedback from Kirby. Gemma was like, oh my God, what is she going to say? Did I say something wrong? Did I get that wrong? I, I, just want, I just want them to match. It's just, it's a tiny little thing. That's all I want. Oh, yeah, the voice I, of the people, Kirby. I think everyone wants the same thing. I really thought you were going to say something about Nathan Burke having a go at me on air the other day. Um, no, just uh, you, you have to use KO and delay by seven seconds. That's the only answer I can give you. But if you don't have thank KO. You. I do. And thank you for that tip. I have KO basically for women's sport, <laughs> but, um, which will be great when the netball kicks off. Yes, um, the netball yes, coverage has been so good so far. I, <laughs> I, will, I will just delay for seven seconds and then I can match them up. Thank you for that. Great yep. tip. Everybody write that down. <laughs> So as we were sort of talking, you know, Gem, you, um, it's probably not visible to people. Well, it's definitely not visible to people outside of the Siren co-founders, but you have been a really integral part of getting the news that are out every week. Like that has really been your baby from the beginning. Um, you have been our Substack extraordinaire. <laughs> um, but, you know, the way that we could support you at Siren to really take advantage of all these opportunities that have been presented to you was to sort of set you free a little bit from your <laughs> from your role at Siren and give you the space to really go and pursue that kind of stuff and 
And I think that really speaks to how we've kind of established Siren and what we want it to be, is to be not a space that you feel beholden to, um, but a space that can provide opportunities, a space that can be a resource or a support or, you know, any of those kind of lovely things. How has that sort of experience been for you to to have that ability to really step away and to step into so much amazingness? <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I have been feeling incredibly guilty about it for the past three months. Unnecessary. Um, <laughs> because Definitely. It, me not doing that work means someone else has to. And you are both incredibly busy people as well. And, and you are the two that have taken that work on. So first of all, thank you for being able to do that and being willing to do that because that's been really important um I really love doing stuff behind the scenes I'm very control freaky controlling I guess so handing off the newsletter after I'd done it for 80 something issues was not the easiest thing um I'll admit that I definitely did a recorded tutorial for you all and with <laughs> it was helpful thank you it was really helpful <laughs> um but it's been good because I feel still feel like um, I have connection to Siren because I'm still jumping in on as many meetings as possible and still doing the roundup once a week. Um, so I, I don't feel like I'm wholly gone, but it has been a really different experience. Um, but I think it's also been really good in the respect that Siren's had a really different perspective on it this year so far, especially in terms of the stories that are covered because I naturally tend to skew toward AFLW stories because that's my world and that's what I want to write about. Um, Not that it's any better or more important than any other women's sport, but it's what I'm passionate about. So it's been really good that we've had the AFLW presence um, because I've been writing the roundup, but then you have been sourcing these incredible stories about baseball and netball and all these other sports that we probably haven't done as much on in RLW that we haven't done as much on in the past because I'm always like hey can I write this about AFLW hey can I write this about AFLW but now that I have a different outlet to do that um, it's been really awesome to see Siren kind of bringing those other sports to the fore and that's something that I'm taking on in my head when I'm back on board as much as I used to be making sure that I'm not so AFLW centric I think bring the stats to um to the other sports you could be the stats guru for the super netball or for the WNBL why not oh man (laughs) well Alyssa Longmuir is one that we need to shout out in terms of stats she's incredible in terms of ice hockey stats and I did a profile on her last year year before sometime siren's been gone for so long now um (laughs) that I highly recommend everyone go and read because her story is fascinating yeah it really is yeah she's wonderful um you raised a lot of really interesting points there Gemma and I mean I think there's a few things there and I think there are things that we are just always going to feel as you know women working in this space and trying to do something bigger and drive a bit of change is always that guilt for not doing enough, um, dipping out and feeling like you're not contributing or feeling like you should be doing more than, you you know, unpaid work or whatever. Like there's a bunch of stuff there that I think we always are going to feel, but that's absolutely not what we're about at Siren. So I know that you will always apologize for not being around and say you feel guilty, but you know, for Kirby and I doing the newsletter, like we like actively chose to do that 
while you were going to do this other stuff. So we could have absolutely had a decision at Siren to pivot and do something different. And we might very well do that. Like we spoke um, in the first episode of this podcast this year, of things that we might change and mix up this year for this reason. So Siren exists to kind of shake up our lives a little bit, but also shake up how we do Siren in this very like metaverse kind of way like it can be whatever it wants to be like the newsletter that we have I think has been great for so long and I'm really excited to try some different things with it this year and I think Kirby and I like you said like we've had a bit of a census and different kind of storytelling that we can do um, that we've been thinking of for a while and I've been trying to think about what sort of stuff I might want to do because and we might talk about this like in another episode along the way about some of our own individual journeys but my journey with sirens similar to you, Gemma, is I was looking at opportunities but in a more an academic sense. I really wanted to build my profile. So I was um, sort of could be looked at by universities and people would feel like I had something interesting con- to contribute. And academia is so competitive. It's really hard just to go and apply for a job. Like sometimes you do need to be known a little bit, which is a part of it I don't super love. But I know that I have to play the game a bit. So when Siren was an opportunity, I wasn't... Um, I was doing some, I guess, casual work for a university and I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I just put everything into Siren and tried to build myself up and do something interesting and be, I don't know, a bit more attractive in a job market, I suppose. But that I think has really helped me and helped me embed myself in the space that I love that I can also use in a research sense and put an academic lens on it that's going to help my academic career as well as fill my passion of being in the space and writing and and covering sport and just going to games and being a fan so I think for me like that's what I'm trying to think about now with Siren about where I'm at because I've got you know an amazing opportunity now I work as a full-time academic I'm very happy in my role at Swinburne and very well supported by another amazing woman in sport Emma Sherry Um, who has really responded to my work and I'm just so grateful for the opportunities that she's given me but I feel like now's the time that I really want to prove myself there so there's going to come a time this year where I'm going to have to dip out a little bit because I'm teaching now and I've got some big research projects on that are all centered around women's sport um, because of Siren and the passions I found there so I think there will be things that we kind of shake up a little bit but I guess the point I'm saying there is that we have this platform, we'll try and like bring as many people into it and monetize it and give opportunities. But if we need to dip out and do other things and support each other in other ways, it's not a space that we have to feel guilty <laughs> to leave for a little bit or that we're not contributing. That's the exact way that we built it. And I think we shouldn't be ashamed to put that on the record and let people know and let our audience know that that's how things work for us. Like we've all got to hustle to get ourselves where we need to be, support ourselves, support each other and try and do as much as we can in the space as well. Yeah, I think that's a really important point about like the flexibility of Siren and like how we can shape it to be what we need it to be. But I think that point that you raised, Gemma, about guilt is a really interesting one um, Mm. in terms of like um, feeling like we should be doing more and like you should be doing covering more and all the rest of that. And I often have those feelings, but I have to remind myself that, um, you know, Siren doesn't have, you know, million dollar philanthropic funding. Like we don't have, you know, like a a huge pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Um, You know, we do run this operation on a really, really tight budget and we have been able to do some pretty incredible things, but there are limits to what we can produce and what we can make um, within this platform. And I think it's really important for us to be honest about that 
Um, you know, we won't ever be able to cover everything and we won't ever be able to do every story that people might want us to do. And that's, you know, it feels like a harsh reality, but I think um, it's still important to have those conversations. I think for me, um, the reality is I wouldn't be getting to do all this stuff that I'm doing now if it weren't for Siren two years ago. And I think because I'm sure everyone already knows this story, but I quit my full-time job October 2019. We had our first Siren meeting December 2019. I was freelance with a bunch of jobs lined up and then the pandemic hit and I Mm. lost everything except for Siren and teaching. They were the only two things I had left and I was terrified that I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. So I put everything into Siren just like Casey said she did as well. And that that alongside some other little things that I've been able to do has led me to this now, which makes the decision to quit my job look great. But at the time it wasn't so great. Um, And I think the thing is I don't want to cast aside or not give respect to the thing that got me here. And that I think is where a lot of that guilt comes from. Um, Mm. Because again, if I'd not met you and Al and, and Megan, especially, back then I wouldn't be getting to do this stuff now um and it's really important that people realize that that I didn't do this on my own can I also just say just listening to the both of you is like a real lesson in just backing yourself and (laughs) no but but just saying yeah I'm gonna throw in with this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna give this a crack and like backing yourself to do that and trusting yourself to do that and being willing to be open to what might show up and take those opportunities. Like sometimes it's really hard to take an opportunity that presents itself to you because it's new and scary and you might have to step outside your comfort zone. And that is sometimes really, really hard. But I think just, yeah, listening to the both of you now, it's just, it's Siren, the whole experience with Siren over the last couple of years and, you know, what you both have managed to pull out of it just feels like such a lesson in being willing to take those opportunities and to um, to be open to those things and to maybe make a risky choice. Um, but I think I had the, in doing that, I had the safety net of, all of you and Lucy and Emma race and people like that who were there to champion me when things were really hard. And then also, you know, I have parents that have helped me as well when I haven't had a job for a couple of months because of a pandemic. So I'm, it was in this really privileged position where I mm. could take those risks, no matter how scary they were, because I had a landing pad to to come down on. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not suggesting everyone goes out and yeah, um, quit quits job. their jobs tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> but I I think just that that whole idea of being open to taking those opportunities when they might pop up, um, and you know, an opportunity that might not be exactly what you want right now could be what leads you to what you want later on. I just think that's a really, um, it's a good, maybe lesson's not the right word, but it's just a good, it's a good thought um, to sit with. And the other part of it has also been not just me making those choices, not just Casey making those choices, but those little bits of validation that don't take much that externally people have provided along the way and I'm sure Casey can speak to this as well but I remember in 
February or March of 2020 after again, all this stuff had happened. Siren had just started, but everything else had gone away. Um, I got a message from a, from an AFLW coach saying um, you're doing really well. This work that you're doing is really good. Please know that. And then developed a relationship with them. Um, and it was the first like industry person, like proper industry person um, that had kind of acknowledged what I was doing uh, because at the time everything I was doing was on um, independent media platforms, which are not bad, but they're not widely read, I suppose, or widely listened to. Um, and that little message kind of clicked for me um, and gave me more confidence to continue to pursue that stuff because it was like, oh, you're not just kind of yelling into the ether you're not completely wrong all the time and thinking that you're right. Like you're actually on the money here. So that message. So, you know, giving those little bits of validation to people that you're seeing doing good work, I think is so important. And that's why our little network of women in sport, you know, people like Marty Vanell and Julia Montesano and Marissa, those sorts of people, it's really important that we keep raising each other up because those things can have a much bigger impact on people that you're giving that praise to it, don't give them unwarranted praise but if you see someone do something good it can have such a big impact on how their lives progress i feel like i'm just going to go and comment on people's instagram and tweet, tweets now <laughs> just be like this is great seriously though <laughs> seriously that message pretty much changed everything in my mind so many amazing things coming out of this conversation <laughs> uh that's that's a real i think that's a really important um part of the women's sport community that I have really enjoyed as well, Gemma, is that um, it's not like a, bat, a back padding thing. It's like a, it's just like a recognition, like you said, a validation and a recognition. Um, yeah. You're doing good stuff. And that's nice. It's nice to hear. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's nice to hear. Sorry. I'm commandeering this conversation now, but yeah. No, no, no. It's good. No, and I definitely agree. I think, um, yeah, those little pats on the back along the way definitely meant the world to me um making meaningful connections with people in the space meant the world to me I think like this conversation around like how we've all kind of we've built siren because you know but we were all at different stages when we kind of built it but we were all coming from a place of you know essentially frustration and feeling a bit like isolated and alone and not really quite sure what to do and we knew other people were feeling like that but we hadn't 100% connected with everyone yet but we thought if we built this thing we could do that and I think that's the most important thing of what we've done with Siren is that we connected with each other we've connected with other people that sense of validation like we can just like just spread that like wildfire a little bit and I think we have done that a bit which I'm really proud of is because I think it's so important because we know how isolating it can be in this space particularly for women particularly for non-binary folk for particularly for people who are freelancing and don't have organizational support um, and don't really know how to break it in. I think that's what I love about Siren the most and definitely what I was able to, I guess, sort of use to my advantage makes it seem a bit sinister, but like that's essentially what I did. And I kind of want to be honest about how I've done things and not to say that, you know, what I'm doing now is a success story and it's going to be the way that I work forever. Like things change and, other things that are going to come up and like Kirby said before, like following opportunities is really important. And I want to be really honest about just how scrappy I am trying to like get the next thing and saying yes to things and working my way through different environments to meet people and figure out where something might be next. And it is hard work if that's what you want to do. So 
I think um, I'm really proud of how I've been able to get myself to where I am now, but I know that there's still hard work ahead, but I know that it's going to be a little bit easier because of the work I've done and the connections that I've made and where I've been able to lean into and put my energy into in the last couple of years, primarily through Siren and the opportunities there. So I think, I don't know if there's like a key takeaway from this, but if there is something, it's just, yeah, follow your nose and follow your gut instinct and where you feel things are good, usually good things happen. Because when I think back at the feeling that I had about building a media platform with seven women, I just felt so good about that. It felt good and it felt like it was good stuff. And I think when you've got that feeling, you might not know the outcome yet, but usually when you've got the good gut sense, something good will come. It might not be easy, but something good will come. It's probably where I try to like put my belief system into. Definitely not always easy. That is such, that is so, so good. And I think that's a perfect place to, um, to wrap up this chat, which has actually been really, really good. But I mean, I say actually as if I'm surprised, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's always a joy to chat to the both of you, but this has been a really, um, a really wonderful conversation. And I hope that uh, our listeners can, can take away some really interesting and insightful and wonderful points from this chat. So Thank you so much, Gemma, and thank you, Casey. Um, Gem, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, best place to find me is on Twitter. I live on Twitter, GL Bastiani. It's uh, spelled how it's said. <laughs> and Casey, where can people find you? Um, I spend my life on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at Casey underscore rights and see the falafel I had for lunch today. <laughs> it looks really stuff. good. <laughs> It was really good. Just for laughs in Fitzroy. Highly recommend. Please sponsor us on the free falafel. Um, that's my Instagram if you want silly stuff. Um, and Twitter is at Casey Simons if you want to see what I'm up to in my academic space, um, the content that I'm stealing from my fellow women in sport, friends and colleagues that I'm teaching in my class. So thank you to everyone um, who's producing amazing work that makes teaching so much more easy for me. Um, yeah, that's where I live. Where do you live in the internet world, Kirby? I'm at Kirby Kirby B on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can see my uh, veggie garden on Instagram, which will be a highlight for everyone, I'm sure. <laughs> and Absolutely. You can, you can follow Siren at Siren underscore sport on Twitter and Instagram, and we're on Facebook too. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter if you're not already subscribed. I'm sure you are, but if you're not, definitely do that. And we will see you next time for some more awesome Siren chats. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <See ya. laughs>